Hello and welcome to Real Heart Talk Radio and Podcasts. I am Pamela Duran with Lift Up Events and my co-host tonight is Beth Huckabee with Becoming with Beth. Beth is an ordinary girl that steps into her royal DNA and God-breathed kingdom power. She flipped her sad to sexy in every area of her life and now lives out loud. Loves big, has an abundant mindset, defines every moment in her life as beautiful and a blessing. She is relentless and intentional about being loved everywhere she steps and helping others learn to do the same. So thank you, Beth, for being on tonight as a co-host. So appreciate your time. Oh, Pam, thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here with you two gorgeous, amazing, incredible women. And I'm excited to see where this conversation leads with Heather. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And speaking of our guest, our featured guest tonight is Heather Tucker. She's a certified Christian sexologist for women. She is an author of Damn, You Weight Loss Plateaus. That helps women get their sexy back after having kids. She's the creator of the Sexify Her program that helps women overcome religious sexual shame, release their sexual confidence, female sexuality and empowerment into their lives and relationships. Heather has been married to her husband, Chuck, for 20 years, during which she overcame a 12-year sexless marriage. She's a mom to three boys and a first-time grandma to one grandson. Congratulations. Tonight, Heather, you're welcome. Tonight, Heather's going to talk to us about church trauma and how it impacted her sexuality. So, so happy you took the time to be with us tonight, Heather. Welcome. Thank you guys so much, my beautiful boss babes. It's so great to be here with both of you. Yes, and we are so happy that you're here with us. Yes, I'm super excited for this conversation. I think this is a needed conversation. I think your story is really going to help and impact so many others. So thank you so much for sharing your voice and being here, um, spreading the love. You're so welcome. Yeah, I have to say that this is the first time I've honestly heard of a sexologist, let alone a certified Christian sexologist. Hmm. So I'm happy to see I think I might be the only one, at least that I've met. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't one know of a kind. <laughs> yeah. So I know that you have a story to share and we would love for you to uh, just jump right in. Tell us something, you know, special about you and then just jump right in. If you yeah, are yeah, ready. Sure. Well, I will say as far as specialty goes, And like me feeling special, I didn't actually come into my sexuality until I was 43 and I'm 48. So that's a long freaking time to actually keep your power down (laughs) and to keep your sexuality stuff down. So, you know, I, my goal is so, you know, to help people not have to wait that long because I saw how hard it was for me over the years And basically, like my story is, I grew up in a very, very strict Christian Baptist, like Southern Baptist home. And sex was a dirty word. Like I couldn't talk about sex at all. If I had questions, my mom, my grandma, uh, people at church, they would just say, you'll find out when you get married. (laughs) You'll find out one day when you get married. 
And that was really, really hard because when I became a teenager, my body was changing and I was starting to feel horny and I was starting to feel attracted to boys. And I started to have fantasies about my neighbor boy. Oh my God, I still remember this neighbor boy that was so just gorgeous specimen of a man. And he just had the best body ever. And I wanted him to touch me, but I knew that, you know, he couldn't because I wasn't married to him and I was too young and all those things. And so anytime I was around him, I had to like stuff down my attraction towards him. I had no clue how to act around him. I, I feel like I acted stupid around him. Like I was just, you know, my words would stumble out. <laughs> I was like overly shy. I had no clue how to be around boys. Like no one taught us, my sister and I, anything about boys, you know, how to interact with them, how to talk with them, how to flirt, like nothing. We knew nothing. And so coming into like junior year, high school year, I finally had my first boyfriend and I planned to not have sex with him. Like I had actually made this pact with myself, with Jesus, because we grew up in the purity movement. And so we had to make this pact during church. You will not have sex until you get married. Jesus is your husband and, you know, all these things. And so when I got into this relationship with this guy, I was like, okay, here's like where I'm at. You know, we're not going to have sex. And he seemed fine, you know, with it. I mean, he'd ask periodically, but he wasn't like pressury or nothing like that. And then this one day, my mom moved us in after my parents got divorced when I was 17. She moves us in with her new boyfriend. And this one day I was doing my homework downstairs. And all of a sudden I hear uh, uh, like these noises upstairs. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what is that? is my mom watching porn? Like what's happening? You know, I, I couldn't understand like what was happening. So about an hour later, I pulled her to the side and I said, what was happening up there? And she's like, oh, you know, uh, me and so-and-so are having, you know, sex. And I was like, yeah, but you said we can't have sex until we get married. Like, I, why are you doing that? And she's like, well, I've been married. The rules don't apply to me. <laughs> And I was like, what do you mean the rules don't apply to me? And so literally my whole 17 years of growing up teaching just blew up in my face. And then my mom, who had told me that before her, my dad got married, they were, you know, she was a virgin. She actually said, we, I actually wasn't a virgin. And so now all this stuff's coming out when I'm 17. And I just felt like betrayed by my mom. I felt pissed off. I felt like I just was being controlled this whole time. And I had like no voice this whole time. So when this happened, I was like, you know, screw this. If my mom's having sex, I'm going to have sex. If she's not going to adhere to the rules biblically, you know, why, why should I? And that's really, really important, especially if you're a mom and you're raising kids, it's vital for you to be honest with them. That is one thing that when I became a mom, I was like, I'm not doing the same shit that my mom did. <laughs> I'm going to be honest the entire time because I don't want them to have a traumatized experience the way that I did. Right. So after this happened, I had sex with my boyfriend and I just, I mean, I went like off the grid sexually. I was having sex with like everybody. <laughs> You were I was like, 
<laughs> I was like, there goes that goal of waiting till, you know, I'm married. But I like really went rebellious. Like I was promiscuous, like no other. I had sex with my boyfriend. I had sex with his friends. I had sex with people at parties in the bathroom. I had sex with Marines that I would meet. We'd go behind the bathroom on the beach. I mean, I was just like crazy sexually. And this went on for years. And I thought that having sex was gonna make me feel like complete and fulfilled in life because I had heard from like friends and, you know, married friends and my grandparents, how fulfilled that they were, you know, with someone that they loved when they would have sex with them in a committed relationship. And I was on this like hunt to try and find that. And I, it never came, like it literally never came. It just became this empty, unfulfilling, uh, experience. And every time that I thought maybe it's the next guy, that's the right person for me. Maybe it's the next one. Maybe this person's not, you know, for me and that kind of thing. And, and it wasn't until I got married that I was like, oh my gosh, it's not the sex that I was craving. It's, it's like, I was trying to fulfill something that only God could actually fill up in me. And I was, and I didn't realize that all those years of having sex, 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 sex for like years, this went on for a really long time. And so finally I committed my life to Christ and it was like the best experience ever. I finally felt like this complete person. Um, and now I'm married and now I'm having kids and, you know, I thought everything was going to be like fine and dandy. And I thought, because now I'm married, I can have sex because now God says, okay, now you're married and now I sh it should feel fine. But I was having a really hard time, even in my first and second marriage, fully like coming out and actually expressing my sexuality. I was carrying around a lot of shame and guilt from all those people I had slept with. My, my husband, my first husband and my second husband know my background they never themselves judged me or acted like I was a slut or whore or nothing like that. But inside I carried that around. And even though I knew that, you know, technically God says he forgave me and all of that, I still was like having a really hard time coming out of myself. And so I was that woman married that covered myself up with like the sheets all the way up to the neck. I had to turn the lights off. I didn't want, you know, my first or second husband in the beginning to see my orgasm face. I had no confidence to put lingerie on or, you know, dance sexy or any of those things that I, I wish that I had, like I craved that, but I just didn't have the confidence to fully come out. And it wasn't until I was 43. So that is five pregnancies later three live kids. So I had two miscarriages in between there, mm -hmm. uh, a sexless marriage. So 12 years of sexlessness within my marriage, which we can talk about that, like how that happened, um, in a little bit, but, um, all of that, I went through all of the life experience being a mom, raising kids and still, you know, stuffing myself in, inside. And it wasn't until I was 43 that I said, you know what, this doesn't make sense. If God promises us abundance, for health, money, you know, uh, mental, emotional health, like 
it, it, it doesn't make sense why I'm not able to tap into the sexual part of abundance. And so I started to, you know, research and read my Bible and pray and, you know, bring up questions to people in church and got some weird answers <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't actually like help me at all. Um, and so I just finally decided, you know what, this is it. I'm going to do this for myself. It might not make sense to other people. I might not get it right the first time, but I, I can tell something's missing and I need to figure out how to tap into this so that I can have like an abundant life in all, you know, areas. And so that's, that's the journey I went on, uh, at 43. So, so Heather, thank you. Um, I want to, I'd like to go back right? Go back to some of those moments. You said something um, early, you know, being raised in the Christian home, mm-hmm. right? And here's the, what God says. Yes. Um, and so in that Christian home, did you go to church? You went to Sunday school, you did all the traditional things. Yep. Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. <laughs> went to all the church camps. Yeah. And, uh, and some of those things are great. (laughs) However, I, what, what I wanted to lay down on what I really picked up is that your parents didn't talk to you about sex. Mm -mm. And so here you're getting raised with the love of God. Right. Right. And with no communication. Um, (laughs) And so when you did start to feel those, what, I call them when you get those feelings, <laughs> you know, <laughs> one day you're going to have those feelings. Everyone's going to have those feelings. Like at that moment, I mean, did you even understand those feelings or did you even know, did your friends tell you about those feelings or does just all of a sudden your body started having these feelings and you were like standing in a crowd feeling like the only one there? <laughs> Well, yes, I had those feelings. Uh, I did have a couple of friends that I was talking to about them because they were also confused, but their parents had porn in the house. And so I would go over to their house and we would actually sit and we would watch porn together. And that was like, yeah, that was like late junior high, early uh, high school. So were their parents Christians also? No. Mm -mm. So, okay, let's see. I'm just going to stop and think maybe this is why it's good to have open communication with your kids. Our porn will be the teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it is for me and and a lot of the people that I work with, they also have used porn because there's no teacher, even for adults, like virgins getting married that have kept themselves celibate and abstinent and all that. Like they don't have a teacher either. So who's going to teach them? So most Christians are even going to, to porn or other people of cultures and religions that maybe, you know, frowned upon that conversation. I, I think it's um, what you do, what your message is to the world is so beautiful because it is so needed. There's so many people just like you, you just like me, Pam, I don't know about your sexual history. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Where I mean, we're going to have feelings as we like we're human. And there's so many people that have no idea what to do or who to go to or are that it's okay. 
to want to do these things and have these things that it's supposed to be beautiful. Um, and you're just lost in this little body trying to figure it all out by yourself. So I really thank you for the conversations and, and the journey you're going on, because I know this is such a huge need. Um, yeah. And your, your parents, okay. I'm going to skip to your mom banging the boyfriend. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking about that too, Beth. I, I'm not going to share this podcast with my mom, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what's her name? <laughs> so, if um, you know my middle name, then you'll know her name, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and listen, here's, here's what I think, right? We, and it's funny this, how God works conversations and timing because I was just on the phone right before this, having these deep conversations about um, male orgasms and girls and, and the difference between a man and what he needs and what a woman needs emotionally versus physically, all these different things. Yeah. And, and with your mom, right? I mean, it's okay because we're all just trying to figure it out. We're all just, you know, walking forward, um, messing up, getting back up. However, that part did make me giggle. <laughs> and, <laughs> and how I'm gonna go even back. Well, you said she after she got a divorce, right? So you know, conversations of God, you know, God taught. So that might be a whole nother podcast for the yeah. divorce topic and stay on the sex. And it it does break my heart that what I've seen with responses from parents is um because I'm the parent this doesn't apply. Do what I say, not what I do. Listen, I know that sounded amazing in the bedroom, which you just heard. However, you're not allowed to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Just say no. (laughs) So it's very confusing. And I, I really believe as we are growing and, and I don't know, I'd like your opinion on this as children, you know, and the things of the world are being in our atmosphere we choose to either become that thing or we choose not to um and i I, from based on your story it feels like you just chose to just go crazy fun wild (laughs) yep i did (laughs) just like that print song let's go crazy (laughs) (laughs) yeah i did and um Another thing too that I'm remembering is because no one told me about masturbation and, and we were actually taught that masturbation was a sin and that we would let in demonic forces and all that uh, because I, my body was changing and I was experiencing horniness, of course, it felt good to touch myself. And so that became something that I hid for a long time. And even when I got married, I actually hid it as well because I just assumed my husband would think I was demonic or weird or, you know, I didn't just, I didn't want to have that conversation from a husband, you know, like preaching at me, like, you're going to go to hell, you know, um, you know, and I don't want to be married to someone that does something that's so against God or any of that. Like, I just had so many fears wrapped up around self-pleasure that I never told my first husband or my second husband, not for years, I didn't tell him that I touched myself. And I didn't know if he touched himself. You know, we, we didn't keep porn videos or nothing 
you know, in the house. But I mean, you know, we had phones over the years. So, <laughs> you know, it's, po- it's possible that, you know, he had some time by himself. I knew I was. I just wasn't telling anyone. <laughs> so. I, I, would so, lo- it's, I would love to dig into this deeper, Pam. Is that okay? No, definitely. I was just thinking myself. I mean, you talked about using porn when you were younger. I mean, is that something that you've I just have the question if that's okay, Beth, before you start. Is that no, okay? of course. Okay. Yeah. Is this, um, I mean, is that something you continue today or when you got 43, you realize you didn't need that. Now you're in that sexual abundance. I love that by the way, sexual abundance. We could have a whole podcast. Yes. On <laughs> <laughs> no, I still watch it. I did. I just watched them last night, actually. <laughs> okay. Um, but you know what I, I learned about porn, about porn. is it's more fake than real. Now, when I was younger, I thought that when the woman would squirt, that it was real. And then when I started to have sex and I didn't squirt like that, I thought something was wrong with my body. And so then there was this whole thing of trying to tap into the G spot and not knowing where it was and no one could tell me where it was. And I had no one to talk to about where it was. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then my husband, it was like a mysterious thing to him too. And so we were trying to like, you know, and then we're like, is your dick not long enough? Like we didn't, we don't know how to get to it. You know, mm-hmm. no one was like there to train, <laughs> to train us. And so uh, we, we actually started to watch porn a little bit together, but it wasn't like an all the time, you know, thing. It's been more, for me on the times when like Chuck doesn't want sex during the 12 years of sexlessness, I definitely watched a lot of porn during that Mm -hmm. time, but it's very empty to me. You know, it's like, yeah, it's stimulating Mm -hmm. visually. It is, but you still are craving the physical, like someone to physically touch your skin, you know? Right. And so it really doesn't bring that full, you know, completeness, like uh, having a partner, you know, does. Uh, so that's one thing about porn that I've discovered. And then the second thing is it actually creates, and there's science behind this. We are training our brain on how to orgasm. And so if we're watching porn and we're hiding it, and we're trying to hurry because maybe we don't want the kids to hear us, or maybe we are trying to hide it from our husband, like real quick, real, real quick. Or, you know, if we're younger, we're trying to hide it in our bedroom, like as a teen. Right. And so it's creating these neural pathways on fight or flight and hurrying, which then if you are training your body you know, to hurry and there's anxiety around it. What's going to happen when you get with a partner? Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to orgasm, you know, as fast. And so sometimes, you know, you get frustrated with your own self. Like what the F is like wrong with me? Why can I come and orgasm by myself, but I'm having a really hard time orgasming with a partner? And it's because we've trained our body. So now we have to untrain and create new neuropathways, which can be done. That's actually part of the work that I do with, mm-hmm. uh, with couples and individuals is we're retraining. Okay, don't watch any more porn. 
you know, now if you're going to self-pleasure, you're going to do it just for the pure pleasure of touching yourself and, and getting in tune with what it feels like to touch yourself. And then when you're with a partner, you know, staying in tune with the pleasure part of it versus, you know, the end result of the orgasm. Because sometimes the end result of the orgasm causes performance anxiety and stress and you're not enjoying each other. You're walking away feeling frustrated with each other. And it's just not a fun experience. And then people stop initiating because they're like, it's just going to become this frustration experience. <laughs> and I don't want it. It doesn't feel good. Right. And then people get into sexlessness. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one of the things with sexlessness that, that could lead to that is is porn. I mean, it all can lead back, you know, to that. So while I do, yes, watch it now, it's not as often because I don't want to like retrain my brain in the negative way, you know? And so maybe I'll do it like once a month or every couple of months or something like that, you know, just to kind of mix it up and have a visual thing to look at. But uh, outside of that, I've trained my body on how to orgasm with my husband, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. and I can have like six or seven orgasms in a row, which is freaking incredible, which I never, yeah, <laughs> been able to do that until even just a couple years now. So yeah. Okay. That, thank you. Listen, I love these real raw, hot and honest conversations. <laughs> yes. um, thank you very much. Um, and, you know, as you shared this story, it just, I got a vision of just all of the many marriages that are broken in that area, you know, that are hiding um, and not able to function because of the hidden, right? And then I love the whole neuroscience and how the things that can happen because of the practice, right? So, I, I mean, it took me back to that story. You know, that story about the elephant with the little string, that the trainer got a big elephant in from a young age. He tied a string to a pole. And so the elephant didn't think he could go anywhere, mm -hmm. anywhere. It was like a rope to a pole. And then as, as he grew, this elephant grew, it wasn't a rope. It was like a little string, but he didn't think he could move. So he stayed right. And so our actions create our, can create our environment. Yeah. And yeah. And so in a marriage that's so in any area, it's so important on the, all right, Heather, I told Pam, I was like, I just love Heather. Cause she, she really expands my mind and makes me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely, Which, by the way, I, love, I actually love doing that because you know why? Then that means that people are growing, we're yes. growing together. And that, and that's, that's the whole goal of us being on this planet still. Right. Otherwise, yes. God would have taken us home already. <laughs> you're you're still breathing. You're still becoming. That's my my thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and so because I grew up in a Christian home, my parents were missionaries. Um, this, this kind of same similar stories, church, Bible, the camps, all the things. Um, my parents were older, so they didn't talk to me very much. So back to communication. Why that's one of the reasons I talk to my kids is the same reason you talk to your kids, open, honest, uncomfortable conversations, uh, you know? <laughs> yes. um, and so 
I'm saying all that to ask you this as a Christian, right? Because I'm, I hear your voice and amazing, amazing. You have so much amazing jewels um, that are helping. However, as a Christian, I'm going to go back to the stories and I, I'm very big about scriptural basis. And so masturbation has been a big question. So yeah, I'm just like, and I understand touching yourself, like you're exploring your body versus, you know, getting on the tire swing and putting your legs around the rope. I'm just using that as an example. That's all I'm saying. I did grow up in the country. Um, (laughs) So like, so masturbation, I'm 53 now. Masturbation has been a big question because I haven't seen anything solid that would solidify. It's okay. It's not okay. It doesn't matter. I don't know. So that's one of them. And then the porn too. And, and maybe, maybe I'm about to answer myself porn to me for me. Like, I don't want to watch other people. So if I ever visualize in my head anything, right, I'm going to visualize my husband telling me. So I've never really watched porn. And so, again, those would be my two, like, where, because I'm, I'm, I'm a, as I say, I'm a God girl, right? I just, that's my truth. And, um, and I don't know everything. So I would love some help. So this is the, the, where I'm like, oh, this is so juicy, but oh, so uncomfortable at the same time when I'm watching you, I was like, oh, she's so free. I thought I was free. I want to be freer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, let, let, let me ask you this, Beth. So for you, if you have a feeling like maybe masturbation isn't godly, let's say, I I don't know if I put words in your mouth, but something, there's a resistance maybe toward it. So what verses have you been told over the years say that you shouldn't masturbate i can't tell you specific verses however what what resonates with me is god before you right self-pleasing now um the other reason i think it's awkward because i know angels are in my room watching me like that's just creepy to me that they can see everything i'm doing like we're not alone or like your your grandma that's passed away and she's like been put in charge of you i'm just like so and pam i hope you have a masturbation question on story too since i'm getting all open with her um i i mean yeah. So I stopped for a long time and I'm just going to be real about, um, no, that's not my story to tell. I was going to tell a story about my husband. <laughs> and so I've stopped. Have I started? Yes. Again. And again, though, I think I actually put myself with my husband when I am where it's yeah, not to me. Yeah. To me, I'm it's with him. However, I'd still really like to know if there's anything in the Bible about it. like that. I'm not, All right. I'm well, not here's, just... here's a couple of verses. I'll just, the reason why I asked you that is because sometimes when you've grown up in the church, you can just kind of, oh yeah, this verse, this is the verse they use. Okay. So I actually have a couple of verses that have been used over me, you know, as I sat, you know, in the big church or like teenage church where they're teaching in small groups <laughs> uh, about masturbation. One of the verses that is really common, and I actually have made several posts on my Instagram about this. If you guys want to go check it out for you that are listening. Yeah. Yeah. At sex coach, Heather is my Instagram and just pull up masturbation. You'll see several (laughs) posts. 
But one of the verses that was used, or still to this day they use it, is when uh, Moses fell asleep. Remember how he um, he drank a bunch of wine and then he fell asleep in the tent naked and then his boys found him the next day? I do you know remember that. that. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that story has been told to me and a lot of other people I talked to about this, that it was a sin what he did because he... They say he was naked and he was masturbating and his sons found him masturbating. Mm. But you know what? If you go and read that scripture, it doesn't say anything about Moses touching himself. All it says is that he got drunk and fell asleep naked in the, in the tent and his sons found him the next day. There's no mention of him touching himself. And so that, when I researched this, and I saw that and I was like, oh my God, I felt like I was kind of like manipulated over the years to believe that that verse said and was used to prove to me as a little girl and a teen girl and an older woman <laughs> that I couldn't masturbate. But then when I saw that there was no mention of it, I was like, wait a minute. So then I remembered how there's another verse in the New Testament somewhere. I think it's like second Timothy or around there where it talks about how in the end days that people will be lovers of themselves, mm -hmm. lovers of themselves. That's another verse that has been told over the years to mean that it means masturbation. Well, it doesn't. If you actually go and look at the root words, okay, if you go back to the Hebrew, if you go back to the Greek, it actually is talking about uh, being self-absorbed, you know, where you're like stuck up and you're putting yourself before other people and you're doing things out of selfish ambition, you know, where you don't care about anyone else and you're leaving everyone in the dust and it's all about ego and me, 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 me. And, you know, you're pushing everybody else out of the way just to get to the top. You know, that, that actually is what that's talking about. It, again, it doesn't mention at all that the root word of that is talking about self-pleasing ourselves. So when I studied this for myself and I, and I was like, had that, oh my God, revelation, <laughs> that is when I finally released myself into masturbation. And you know what? I, I don't have any shame or guilt around it anymore because now I know you know, that the scripture is true. And, and, and if you read the scripture for yourself and you really ask God, like, Hey, <laughs> like, I think he's going to show you guys the same thing too. Another thing, if God didn't want us as women or men to experience pleasure, when we touch our own self, do you think that he would have given us women 8,000 nerve endings in our clit alone mm -hmm. <laughs> and that we can actually ourselves reach down and touch our own self and feel the pleasure when we touch our own self. I honestly think that if God, this is my opinion. Okay. But that it, I think that if God did not want us to self pleasure and he only wanted us to be able to experience the sensation of pleasure when our husbands touched us, I think that he would have done that on purpose where we had to be married to experience pleasure mm. you know what I'm saying, but he didn't do that. Like we're able to do it by ourselves. And so I think that there's a way you can masturbate that gives honor and glory to God. And this is how I do it. Okay. Now, when I'm watching porn, that's one thing that's 
stimulating watching other people and that's a whole thing okay but a way you can masturbate that i believe can be a godly experience is you can be in front of the mirror naked and you can be touching yourself and you could be praying while you're doing it and being thankful to god like thank you so much that you gave me this body that can experience pleasure on you know by myself thank you that my body parts work you know i'm fearfully and wonderfully made this is amazing and then when you have an orgasm, you can thank God, you know, for it, because I truly believe that pleasure is our birthright. And I think that God gave it to us. And I think that we need to be tapping into it more and, and not be carrying around guilt and shame, because I honestly feel like God doesn't. I feel like he's up there cheering us on when we're fully tapping in. You know, it's a way for us to know what we like as a woman, so that when we get with a partner, we'll be able to tell them, Hey, like, this is what I do when I'm by myself. Let's see how it feels when you do it. You know, when we know our bodies so well, we have a better experience with a partner, I believe, because we can communicate what works and what doesn't work, you know, uh, for us. <laughs> and so I, I, I hope that that's helpful. Um, as far as masturbation goes. That, uh, thank you, coach Heather or well sex coach heather for diving into that <laughs> if you are just joining us now on the real heart talk radio we have heather tucker our special guest a certified christian sexologist for women and we are going deep let's just say okay so, <laughs> i'm just saying the truth um you know talking about that you know, I struggled with that when I was single, I was a single mom for a long time and trying to be a Christian and trying to date and, you know, not having sex outside of marriage. I mean, it, it's a hard line because like you said, God did give us all those 8,000 stimulations, you know, points. And um, so I have struggled with that. I mean, you know, and I even prayed about it. I'm like, well, God, what am I supposed to do? You know, <laughs> I mean, if I do this, then I'm not sinning, but am I sinning? You know, it was, it was a real battle uh, for me, I think, uh, going back and forth because I, I wanted to, you know, not be in sin, but I mean, you're, you're a woman. I mean, you're in that age, thirties and forties. I mean, you want to feel the power <laughs> the pleasure you know you want to feel that so um yes i have struggled with it and i do what you said about the neuros and creating new pathways i fully believe that i fully believe that to have an ultimate you know orgasm and you are the expert so i'm just saying my opinion <laughs> or what i felt is inside of me is that it is between your brain and your orgasm i mean mm -hmm. your organs i mean really to have that all work together you know so maybe you have some other ways to do that besides masturbation and porn that you have in your sectify her program i am going to check that out but um that is something you know i've struggled with over over the years and just to be honest i think most of us as women mm -hmm. have especially if we grew up in the church because like imagine the mindset our mindset is set right our mind is set yes. um, and it comes from all the programming so you know we just have to get to this place of you know being okay with questioning our upbringing and you know uh being open to uh, deprogramming ourselves and you know uprooting those thought patterns that just don't serve us anymore that have kept us playing small 
you know, and that's a process. And that, that is a big part of the process that I work, you know, with women and couples in my sexify her program is <laughs> that's like what we're doing is I actually have a process on how I uh, uproot, you know, the old uh, thought patterns. And then I, I help women to open themselves up to believe something new. And then I'm helping them tap into whatever that new thought is for themselves that they're choosing, you know, cause it's all individualized. Uh, and then it becomes the mantra you know, for, for each woman. And it's, it's an incredible thing to watch, you know, not only myself experience this amazingness, but, <laughs> but to watch other people, other women break, break free and break through um, and actually start to see them enjoy their bodies, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to help them to fully step into their confidence, you know, their body confidence, their sexual confidence and, right. and feeling sexy, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like before I never used to wear, I know you guys can't see me, but I'm wearing like a peekaboo um, top. And I never used to have the courage to wear this stuff because mm-hmm. when I was younger, uh, one of the pastors actually told me when I first got saved, one of the pastors actually told me, you can't wear that. Will you please go home <gasps> oh and, uh, and change? And it made me feel so, so, and I was wearing like a little cleavage thing. So, uh, and, but he didn't know what I used to wear. I used to dress like a slut because I was like, I was like, I was out there searching for Dick. Okay. (laughs) I I knew that that's how I would get it, you know? So when I, you know, started to dress a little more classy, I thought that showing, having a couple buttons down was actually way better than, than how I used to dress. So I thought I had, you know, Christian it up, you know, for church <laughs> so, to have someone that's a pastor actually come and pull me aside and say, you need to button up or go home and change. Uh, I was just like taken back. And then too, I was like, how dare a man put the responsibility on me, a woman for them sinning, for them lusting. I'm like, that's just not cool, you know? And so I've had to do a lot of work around that too over the years is like not giving in to the thought processes of the man because it makes them feel uncomfortable. You know what I mean? And, and I don't want to shrink back ever again. I, I, even with my husband, if I make him uncomfortable, I'm like, sorry, that's the work you got to do for yourself. I'm not going to pull back on myself because I've come too far and he, and he has not broken through yet himself. He's still very shy in a lot of areas which is totally fine. I know he'll have his breakthrough when it's his, you know, his time. But in the meantime, you know, as a woman, you still got to choose. I'm showing up as fully me today. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm placed here on this planet for a purpose. We all are. And, you know, not everyone's going to understand our mission and, and our calling. And so it's up to us to keep going no matter what and to not shrink back. Because the moment that we shrink back, we're not serving the people that we're being called to. And we're doing them a disservice. And, you know, we're allowing them to sit in their gunk, you know, longer than they need to because we've shrunken back and not using our voice anymore. So I'm very passionate about this. <laughs> I totally yeah. agree. You know, one thing I was curious, um, we're, we've got like 10 minutes left. 
or a few minutes, but I wanted to find out what was your turning point and when did you decide that you wanted to be a sexologist? Was it mm-hmm. after your first marriage, after you know your mom and the dude were in the bed together? <laughs> when was it you decided this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to help women and bring light to this? Okay. My coming out experience was at 43. My friend had invited me to go to a, a, a heels dance class, a burlesque dance class. Never been, been to one, but she posted this video on Facebook of her dancing in heels. And she's like a bigger size woman. She's probably, I mean, if I had to guess, maybe close to 200 or over 200 pounds. Here she was wearing, uh, wearing heels and she looked very confident on the dance floor. She was rolling around, you know, touching herself and all that. And I'm like, dang, like, that's what I need. Like, I feel like I need a class like that that would help to give me permission to, you know, to be able to step in and actually act and feel sexy. Cause no one had ever taught me how to do that or nothing. I mean, my whole life, I was like, okay, I'll, I can touch up here, but as soon as I hear about my boobs, I have to kind of go way out and, you know, pass up my boobs and go right to my stomach. Like don't touch yourself. Like, don't touch yourself. So, you know, when I went to this class, the very first time I walked in, everyone was very welcoming. Everyone's younger than me, by the way. I was like the oldest one there. They were all teeny boppers uh, or like late teens, early 20s. And they were all looking at me kind of funny, like, what's she doing here? You know? <laughs> <laughs> this is like my mom coming to class. <laughs> um, but, you know, the lady had, the teacher had a stand, excuse me, had a stand in front of um, like lineup. So we were all lined up all wearing our heels and she had us walk towards this long length mirror and she said okay what I want you to do is I want you to just look at yourself look at your eyes as you're walking towards yourself in the mirror don't pay attention to no one beside you no one else in the room you're gonna learn how to love on yourself in this moment because you deserve it you're a woman you know you've been made womanly and you've been made to feel sexy and we need to give ourselves permission to do that so she turned on this really sexy song (laughs) and I just started walking and I didn't know what to do you know but all I knew is I needed to walk towards myself and I was like maybe I'll just try and touch myself (laughs) so I was like touching my arms as I was like looking at myself and all of a sudden I just started to break down right in front of everybody I cried the dance teacher ran over to me and she was like are you okay are you okay and I said yes I said this is the best that I have ever felt in my entire life I have never experienced this feeling of empowerment and it was just bubbling up you know and it's like as soon as I gave myself that permission it was like God was saying to me I've been waiting for you to arrive here you know, now you're just beginning. So I just kept going to class every week and I got better at dancing. I, I like started to wear higher heels and I started to wear a little more dancer type clothes where I'd show my stomach. And, you know, I just was building this confidence and uh, it showed up in my marriage. You know, it's like me doing this thing for myself impacted my relationship because now I was feeling more confident. And now I was like, I want to do these routines in front of Chuck. And so I started to ask him, like, can I dance in front of you? And he's like, yeah. And so then I would dance in front of him. And he's like, 
<laughs> his <laughs> mouth would just like drop to the floor like oh my god He's like I had no idea that you could actually do this you know and I'm like me either but it feels so good and it literally lit a fire underneath our sex life and so now I dance for him all the time <laughs> Um, but after I saw the way that it helped me and impacted my marriage, I was like, there's more women that need this type of experience because so many of us are at home with our kids. And like, that's all we know is our kids and our responsibilities as a wife. And, you know, we're entrepreneurs and we're running our own businesses and we're killing it, you know, mm -hmm. making a shit ton of money and everything else is good accept the way that we feel about ourselves and accept our sex lives. So that sometimes gets put on the back burner and we don't know why we feel like we're missing something. Everything else is so good, but we're still missing something. We can't figure it out. And then here comes Heather. <laughs> you, start to, you start to see and feel my energy and watch, watch me, you know, and watch me dance. And you're like, oh my God, I think that that's what I've been needing and like what's been missing right and so i decided to create a program that actually would help women to fully tap into their sex appeal feeling sexy feeling confident learning how to love themselves just as they are right now no matter what body size that they're in and then they can actually translate and bring that into their relationships so it starts within, mm -hmm. it comes outward, you know, with confidence and us having more energy and all that. And then it like bubbles over, you know, in, into all of our relationships. We're a better parents. We're better at, at, at our careers. Like we're showing up in such a more powerful, empowered way. And it's all because we learn how to tap into our full femininity and our sexual power that God has given to all of us, but we've stuffed it down all the years because we are told by a man that we are not supposed to tap in. So it's like, once you give yourself that permission, you literally become unstoppable. So. It's fabulous. Oh my gosh. Yes. This, I was just smiling the whole time you were talking. <laughs> tap into you so you can, um, tap out to the world <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> and, um, so so all your dancing led to your getting your sexologist certification yeah well it was a process it's like okay I did this for myself mm -hmm. so my first step was I'm going to create a program and so I created a group uh, coaching kind of a thing and I've been running that group coaching program for almost five years actually this year mm -hmm. will be five years Fabulous. And then, yeah. yeah. And then last year I was like, you know, I kind of want to go back to school. <laughs> like I want to take my, my, cause I was a sex coach. So with, when you're a coach, you don't actually have to carry a license or nothing like that. You're basically gotcha. just sharing your experience with, with people. Right. And it's, it's huge. Like it's, it's amazing. And I did really, really well, but I really wanted like more knowledge and I wanted to have the backing of a certification and I wanted to just take me, Heather, uh, up a level. And so I decided to go back to school, which I did last year. And then I completed my certification on December 20th. Um, and I actually have three certifications. So I went for like all of them. I went for um, 
the sexologist. Um, I went for, um, they call it a loveologist, which is like a love coach, which helps with uh, communication and any, any marriage type, you know, coupling, you know, kind of thing. Um, and then also a dating coach. So I have that certification. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like if I'm going to be using it or how I'm going to use it, but I basically went for like all of them. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Well, congratulations. Yeah, so, thank you. Yes, that's amazing. It feels good. Yeah. It feels good to be able to say it. So <laughs> we do have our women listeners and I'm sure that this is going to help a lot of them, all of them. I mean, and a great age range, you know, from the teens all the way, you know, to yep. the 40s and beyond. 47. Yeah. Beyond. Well, I will tell you, Pam, one of my clients is 67 and she just had her first orgasm of ever of her whole oh, life. Wow. That makes me so yeah. sad. Wow. It, it's sad, but also she didn't Good. have to die yeah. without an orgasm, you know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a truth. Real quick on statistics, because I was just having this conversation. How many women, if you know this, don't have orgasms? Oh, a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And actually, At if all. you take it into like the Christian realm, there's like over 90% of Christians that never orgasm. They're just there for the love part and the romance, mm. but they've never been able to tap into their orgasm. And I know for them, it's because they're carrying around a lot of this, you know, guilt and shame with, you know, the Christianity stuff. And, you know, we are taught that <clears throat> sex was for the pleasure of a man and not for the pleasure of a woman. So we don't think that we have that right to even try, you know, to tap in. So now I've never yeah. heard that. Yeah, it's sad. <laughs> and then like for, non, for non-church people, it's like between 70 and 80% of uh, women are not orgasming or they maybe have in the past and maybe they're going through menopause or perimenopause and their body's changing. And now they're actually struggling in the age bracket that they are. And it's a little bit more difficult. And so it's not that they can't, but they think they can't <laughs> because it's taking mm -hmm. longer. So then they just give up. So there, there are some things you could do in that menopausal age, uh, which I've actually helped my mom. Funny enough, she's almost 80 and she's oh, in a, <laughs> she's in a dating relationship. And she was starting to struggle. And so I gave her a couple of tips and now she's able to orgasm again. And that she's is, like calling me, okay. thanking me all the time. That's that fantastic. Is awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, my gosh. Is. Like, mom, I want you to continue to have those sounds in the bedroom that I heard when I was a teenager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me help you. <laughs> I, well, I just, been, I, go ahead, Beth. Yeah. I just want to say, um, I love saying sex, sex coach Heather. You've heard me say, <laughs> um, it's just fun. Uh, I want to say if you, everyone go check out sex coach, Heather's socials, Instagram. It's, they're so much fun. You not only do you dance for your husband, you dance for the world. Um, twerking uh, is just, you just, when I watch you just to see the freedom and the just fun you're having, um, just uplifts me. So definitely everyone where, where all can they find you on Instagram, Facebook? Yeah. Instagram, Facebook and clubhouse at sex coach Heather. Yeah. So before we it. go, yeah, yes. We want to get you more followers and definitely 
help people. That's the main thing. You are going to be helping a lot more people from our broadcast today. But I would like to just tap in real quick. If you could give a couple of your tips out for the listeners where they could help them maybe in their orgasm journey. Yeah. Well, orgasms. You have or to sexual relaxed. journey. Yeah, no, I mean, you, I'm just saying. I, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll tap into orgasm because that's okay. the main struggle for women that I run across all the time and they're hiding the fact that they're not actually orgasming they're faking it all the time and they're feeling Mm. guilty so the main thing with orgasms is you have to you have to figure out if you have any block you have to figure out if you have any religious block any like religious repression where you're stuffing down your sexuality maybe you have some dirtiness or guilt you know from a past you know, so there's a lot that can actually be blocking an orgasm. So first you got to figure out what the block is, where it is, and you have to figure out how to unblock it, which I can help you with. Then you have to learn how to relax your mind. You have to get rid of any thoughts that might be coming in. And I know as women, we are so proud of ourselves at being able to juggle all the things. And we have so many balls in the air, but when you come to a bedroom experience, or if you're self-pleasuring, so by yourself or with a partner, you have to learn how to let go of all that so that you're not thinking about any responsibilities other than being right there present with yourself and with your partner. That is so huge. And really just tap into the pleasure part of it. Don't make it about the performance of the orgasm coming. Make it about feeling, tapping into the, the actual pleasure, feeling into the goosebumps, right? Mm-hmm. Feeling your clit start to engorge, feeling the feelings of the wetness, feeling your heart start to race, your body start to tense up a little bit as you get close and really just feel it, allow it, you know? So that's the second thing. The third thing is don't hold your breath. You know, when we get really close to orgasming, we, when the body naturally starts to tense, we, we tend to hold our breath. And when we hold our breath, the orgasm can just leave. So it could come really close and then we hold our breath and tense and then it just is gone. We're like, what happened? It was like right there. So you have to learn how to do this like meditative type of breathing. So I call it four point breathing where you're breathing in for four counts and then you're breathing out for four counts and you're slowing your heart rate down and you're slowing everything down, which really puts you back into your body and you can actually start to feel again. And breathing in for four and out for four really does help to relax you to the point where your orgasm should, you know, be able to come down a little bit easier. Uh, And then the fourth tip on orgasm is don't fake it ever again. Don't fake it, okay? Again, you create neural pathways when you fake it. You get to five minutes and you're like, oh, this is when I normally fake it. I better do my noises now. Oh no. Because my partner's used to me doing noises now. Yeah. So you just have to make this pact with yourself to never fake it again. And if you have to have a conversation with your partner to, and be honest with them and let them know like, hey, I'm really sorry, but I've been faking it. And that's gonna be a very hard conversation to have. 
but you're doing them a disservice too because here they are thinking that they're pleasing you all over the place and then they're really doing nothing you know <laughs> so they're, th- they're thinking they're this god in the bedroom when really they don't know what they're doing maybe sometimes you know yes. so you know have that conversation have the uncomfortable conversation and then make a pact and just let them know hey it's going to take me longer when i self-pleasure myself here's how long it normally takes me when i self-pleasure but now we're adding in you and there's a little more pressure, you know, and performance and that kind of thing. And I want to make sure you're pleased and, you know, all the things. So it might take a little bit longer. So, you know, have a conversation, just let them know, like, it might take longer than we think. And, but I really want to stay here and actually see if I can experience a real orgasm. Like, I really want to know what it feels like too, you know? And so hopefully if you have a really nice lover and they love you, and they really want to see you pleased because that makes a man happy when they know that their woman has been pleased. So hopefully you find a good one and have a good one um, and they'll be patient with you. So those would be my four tips around orgasms. And if you're still struggling, you might need someone like me to get to the root of what's actually stopping it you know, from coming. So just <laughs> reach out. Oh, by the way, uh, you can actually ask me on Instagram or Clubhouse or wherever you guys want to reach out. I have a guide, 12 ways on how a woman can orgasm. And so if you would like that, just reach out, send me the word orgasm, and I will actually get that to you. Because sometimes uh, a woman can't orgasm with just clit simulation. Sometimes she needs to touch her breasts and other erogenous zones but you know if you've never been told where all of those are you're, you're not going to know where to tap in <laughs> so you can ask me for that if that's uh helpful that is so fabulous well i appreciate your time so much today um sex coach heather so you heard where you can find her on instagram she's also on clubhouse we're all on clubhouse and we're so happy that you came uh to spend some time with us tonight and I hope this has helped you out there if you're struggling with your sex life or your orgasms or just what to do. I know I was raised in the Christian church and it was really taboo to talk about. So I'm sure there are plenty, thousands of you out there that have went through the same thing. So Sex Coach Heather can definitely help you reach out to her. And we would love for you to stay tuned for our next scheduled program. Thank you so much, Beth, for being here to co-host today. And thank you again, Sex Coach Heather. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Sex Coach Heather. The, you are fabulous and full of deep, exciting information. Yes, we <laughs> definitely you. have to have you on again. We have to talk more about other things. I would love to. That would be fun. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye, love. Bye. Stay tuned. Love you.